How's everybody doing? Welcome. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to Church on the North Coast podcast. I'm Pastor Troy. Our greatest desire at Church on the North Coast is to encourage ministry leaders to empower and equip volunteers, strengthen and build the believer. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you for tuning in. I got a I got an exciting one today. Glad you tuned in. And I want to talk to everyone today about what's happening in the world. It's crazy. It's crazy what's happening in the world today. Have you have you noticed there seems to be an exponential release of demonic activity in the world today? It's not by accident. And I I you know need you to write this down. You know as we get started, I need you to write this down. Same spirit, different age. Yep, same spirit, different age. Uh, I want to talk to you today about the trans movement in the nation and the the demonic activity that is attached to it, the spiritual darkness that is attached to it. And I want to caution the church not to participate, but to be uh, to educate yourself and to be aware. Uh, be in tune spiritually, like be discerning spiritually about the times we're in right now. God is a God of transformation. You know that, right? He's a God of transformation. I, I love this. Uh, Pastor Dom the other day uh, shared this with me. I thought, man, that's perfect. That's a perfect intro to this message. And it's found in John 1, 41 to 42. It says, he first found his own brother Simon, and he said to him, we found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And, and they brought him to Jesus. They brought Simon, soon to be Peter. They brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus, it says in verse 42, when they brought him to Jesus, Jesus looked at him. This is like within seconds of meeting Simon, this is what happens to Simon. Jesus looks at him and says to him, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You are shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. I want you to I want you to catch this. I want you to catch like the idea that in today's society we uh, we believe falsely that everyone should just accept us for who we are and and not question you know who we say we are. Peter is Simon is introduced to Jesus, and within seconds of their conversation, what does Jesus do? Jesus changes his name, which you know biblically means so much. You know, it means so much. You change a person's name, you change their destiny. Within seconds of meeting Jesus, his name is changed. His name is changed. So it's it's fair to say. A genuine experience with Christ will change you dramatically. Each time we encounter Christ, we must be prepared for transformation because God is a God of transformation. He's, he's, he's going to change you. If you're going to get in his presence, you are going to be changed Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. He says, But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. 
transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We are being transformed into the image and likeness of Christ. So our identity is so powerful and it's so critical that we understand that that we don't we we mustn't ever identify with anything other than who we are. And for those of us who are in Christ, we our identity is no longer where we come from, what color we are, what gender we are. Our identity is Christ. Now that's so powerful because the enemy now knows that if you're born in the image and likeness of Christ, if you only identify with Christ, you are a detriment to the to his evil empires that he's attempting to set up. So God immediately through the process of transformation tries to create an identity of his image and likeness in the earth. The enemy recognizes this and what does the enemy do? He creates an evil counterfeit to what God has. He's a cheap huckster. All he knows how to do is mimic he wants to be uh, God, so he says, I'll imitate God. So what does he do? He has an evil counterfeit to transformation. And it is, I will say this to you, it is the trans movement of our day, transgender. It's There, there is a trance on the nation. There is this altered state of reality that, Christ ha- uh, that the enemy has deceived those who belong to Christ, who, who, who are destined to meet Christ. He has he has offered this cheap alternative, this destructive, evil process by which the enemy brings deception to form and change the sons of God into the image and likeness of Satan in the earth. So anytime you see a trans movement, you will see a maligned image of God where the enemy said, I'll make, I'll bring... I'll mar the sons, the, the the potential sons and daughters of God, and I'll create them in my image. Just like God's trying to create sons and daughters in his image and likeness, the enemy says, I'll create a cheap counterfeit that on the surface, on the surface, it looks, it looks virtuous on the surface. Like, why would you not? Why is acceptance not a good thing? Why is tolerance not a good thing? good thing. Why don't you just accept my pronouns? Call me what I want to be named. Just accept the fact that I'm that I'm bi- non-binary. Accept the fact that I'm a man and a woman. Accept these facts. But, but Christ doesn't ask any of that to Peter. He doesn't ask him his preference. He doesn't ask him how he feels, and that's how, that's how the enemy operates based on our feelings. But Christ doesn't ask him any of that. He changes him instantly. The moment he meets him, he changes him. So we only have one identity, and that identity is so powerful. Your identity is so scary to the enemy that he 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 will awaken the forces of evil from generations past in order to he will stir the the evil in the world in order to to hypnotize and put in a trance, an altered state of reality the world in order that he would create a counterfeit version of what God's doing. God's in the transformation. The enemy is into transgenderism, a trans movement. And he creates, he's created this evil deception to bring his image and likeness into the world. 
His image, his likeness, what is it? What is his image and what is his likeness? Look at this. So, so when God creates children in his image and his likeness, he brings life, abundance, he brings satisfaction, he brings, he, he brings uh, peace and love. And what, so, so what does the enemy bring? He brings, he brings, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He brings destruction. His identity brings destruction. It steals from you. It kills. It kills you. He, his likeness is to steal, kill, and destroy. Anytime you see his image in the earth, you will see that it is there to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his likeness. And he is attempting to, to hijack the sons and daughters of our time and create his image in them. And he, it's it's interesting what he must do. Now we're going to get into this. He he's got to he's got to use powers and principalities in order to do it. So transformation is the process by which the believer is formed and changed into the image and likeness of of Christ. So God makes you more like Him. And any 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 encounter with Christ, and you'll be changed. And God doesn't ask you. For permission, he doesn't ask you how you feel about it. He doesn't ask you your preference. He just says, "This is you are going to change. You are going to become more like me." And in a society that says you should accept me, now, now it's true. Like you can come in. You, 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 you know, I came to Christ, but I, this is what I know. As I came to Christ, as you came to Christ, if you're listening to me and you are in Christ, one thing you know, you came to Christ one way, but God did not and will not ever leave you in the way you came to him. He begins automatically, immediately to transform you. So the trans movement is is the false evil counterfeit of the nature and identity of Satan. And it's it's buried in pride. I mean it's buried in pride. And on the surface, he, you know, he creates this 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 virtuous it's virtuous you know like women's rights and and the uh, the rights of women to decide you know whether or not they should be able to, it's their body so on the surface he sells this false bill of goods but but as as it begins to blossom as it begins to come out of the the seed in germany it it breeds it it kills steals and destroys. I mean, just think of abortion and how it kills, stills, and destroys. The nature of Christ is, or the nature of the enemy is to kill, steal, and destroy. The nature of Christ to offer life and life more abundantly. So, how does the enemy transform an entire generation? Have you asked yourself that? Like, how how does how has the enemy begun to like hypnotize and set the world under this trance? with this great deception have you like it's just like this massive deception that's happened in the world today i can't even believe it like i, I was like what in the world is happening like recently target came out and they've openly overtly partnered with satan to to sell as a as a marketing strategy they've openly partnered with the trans community and and they're openly uh pursuing pedophilia in their in their marketing strategy for children they're offering the, the it's 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 like promoting pedophilia and they're okay with it how did we go from where the enemy used to like try to hide like literally 
<laughs> be in the closet to the fact of not only coming out of the closet, but occupying the living room, the kitchen, the basement. Like how in the world did it did we get to this point? And I just want to point some things out. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But, you know, we spend so much time talking about how we wrestle, you know, and what we're wrestling in, in the wrestling part. But I, I think it's important that we recognize, like, how did he do it? How did the enemy do this? Here's how he did it. And here's where we kind of lost our way as the church. We've, we, our, our passivity, um, we've lost our way. Because... Uh, we, we were passive in the name of love. We didn't engage in culture in the name of acceptance and tolerance. And there is this, there is this, uh, this way of, uh, of thinking in the kingdom where like, as long as like it, it, we, like somehow we don't have to like actually live out the tenets of faith. As long as we don't, say things like to say something is is mean and and not just something but to say the truth has become synonymous with hate have you noticed that to say what christ says to hold the standard of christ and to say it out loud has become synonymous with hatred and so they label the the those the religious people of of the world they label them as hate mongers and intolerant bigots and religious zealots and and mean so so we don't want to be labeled that way and so what have we done we've taken the back seat and in the name of love we we in in the name of love we cowardly cower we we cower to what we know we shouldn't permit we let we let transvestites into our schools and teach our kids we allow curriculum to be, be passed by and we say well that's the school system we'll raise our children differently rather than confront it rather than tell the truth rather than be the force of righteousness that Christ has created the church to be we have tolerated compromise in our age and 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 you want to know how it happens I'm about to tell you here's how the enemy. Here's how Satan has created gr massive, uh, has created deception, a trance, has put the world in a trance. Here's how he's done it. It says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. So he uses, so how does he do it? He uses principalities. How does he, and it's, it goes on, it says against powers. So he uses principalities. He uses powers against the rulers of darkness of this age so by not engaging we've allowed powers principalities and rulers of darkness of our age to take the place in the constructs of society where we vacated where we became passive so the enemy saw our passivity he saw our cowardice and he moved in and he began to he with he began to manipulate principalities powers, rulers of darkness, and then against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He activated spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. That's very important. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that, but high places, places of influence, places of, of, of strategy. He influenced them. He, he, he occupied them. He went into them. He occupied them. Colossians 2, 8 says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world. You want to know how he did it? He did it through principalities, powers, rules of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, 
He does, he's done it through philosophy, empty deceit, traditions of men, and basic principles of this world. How did how did a, an, an entire generation get deceived? How did uh, how 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 does this massive falling away happening in not just in the world but in the church? How are we just going along with this deception in in the world? We're participating because in the name of gentleness and kindness and we we've we've forfeited the truth and and the enemy saw our passivity and he came in through the powers the principalities rules of darkness spiritual hosts of wickedness heavenly places philosophies of this world ideologies empty deceit traditions of men and basic principalities uh, basic principles of this world that is how you want to know how he's done it he's done it that way and it's time for us to understand that we must engage again in the fight of righteousness and to push back on the spiritual principalities powers of rulers of darkness of this age spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places we must combat philosophy and empty deceit with truth we must come with the relevance of the word of the living God and not the basic principles of the world, but the but the fundamental principles of the Bible. That's right. It's time for us to begin once again to re-engage culture, to hold our standard high, to set the tables of the world according to the foundation of God, and to not apologize anymore, to infiltrate school board meetings, to infiltrate businesses to infiltrate high strategic places of society and to infiltrate them with the standard of love and morality and truth the truth of god regardless of how much it offends them we must hold the standard of god's truth for our generation it is the meanest thing you can do is to allow people to continue to be deceived it's the meanest thing you can do is to allow them to be deceived and be swept into the the tidal wave of hell that's that's set the entire generation under a trance to allow them to be deceived that's the evilest thing you can do not tell them the truth not to tell them that there are only two genders not to uh, where, how did we get to the place to where we we just accept the how is it that in the church every 4 years there is this massive divide over the issue of the sanctity of life you want to know how because the enemy has used powers, principalities, rules of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, philosophy of men, empty deceit, tradition of men, and basic principles of this world. And we fight with one another over whether or not a child in in the mother's womb is sacred and should be preserved we are fighting amongst one another over colors of red and blue and left and right and democrat and republican when we are the force of righteousness in the earth and the only reason there is a debate is because the force of righteousness has failed to take her place the bride of christ has failed to push back the powers and principalities of darkness the rulers of darkness of this age that means there are rulers of darkness of this age of the age we're living in there are actual there are actual spirits that rule the darkness of our age and that's what i want to talk to you about real fast same spirits different age there are three specific spirits that have been released once again on the earth they've been here same spirit different age the first one is Baal. Baal. 
Baal is the seducing spirit of greed. Now, this one's important that you recognize this. The seducing spirit of greed. He would he would have controlled the weather. He's the god of thunder. He's the god of, of rain, basically. And that's why when Elijah comes to Ahab, the king in the land of his day, Elijah confronts the king of Israel, who was an evil king. Notice that. He was an evil king. He was an evil king. Elijah confronts him. You see, the enemy needs a king. He needs a king. He needs a king to infiltrate the high places. Go search your Bible. You will see that anytime there was a good king, the good king would tear down the high places. He would go to the high places and tear down the, the altars that were, uh, that were established there as strategic strongholds for his, for his evil work. He, he would make. So evil kings would create alliances with evil spirits, and that spirit, Baal, so, so Elijah confronts Baal and says, it's not going to rain. And I'm going to show you that you are not the God, that our God is God, that, that Yahweh is God. And so he confronts him. And it's important that we understand that it's time to confront this evil spirits of our day, Baal. Now, now he would have controlled the economy basically because of uh, agriculture. And that was the economy. And now today you take the spirit of Baal and what you see is he's a seducing spirit of greed. He makes us fall in love with all of the things things he he causes our hearts to be seduced by monetary things he causes us to to pursue careers he he causes mothers to to vacate the home in pursuit of a career to 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 go buy more things bigger houses nicer cars like he, he 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 causes our hearts to be deceived and to fall in love with the things of this world that's what the spirit is. You say, how how did how did we get to this place? Because Baal has deceived the hearts of men into believing that the most fulfilling and satisfying endeavor they could do with their time, uh, their limited time of eighty years to one hundred and twenty years on this earth, the the, the most satisfying they can, thing they can do is to go out there and 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 uh, accumulate and amass uh, great toys, great, great things of pleasure. He has caused us, our hearts to pursue pleasure more than, than the purposes of God for our life. So he seduces us. He causes us to get five jobs in order to pay for the things that sit in our driveway. He causes us to, he causes us to love, to love things so much that we sacrifice our, our, the sacredness of our time, the sacredness of our family, the sacredness of our children. We lay them all on the altar that Baal has created because he's caused our hearts to lust after things. The spirit of Baal has swallowed the nation right now. I mean, we've got on Sunday mornings, Houston, you used to, when I was a kid, you know, on Sunday mornings, you couldn't, you, you, you couldn't go to the store and buy liquor. Now you, you couldn't, there was nothing open on Sundays. I don't, I remember boring. I remember Sundays being the most boring day of the week. I mean, I didn't even think police worked on Sundays, but today what we see happening all across the world is like everything's open on Sunday. And not only that, the enemy is so strategic with it that he puts things in the time slot where the church should be gathering. He puts, he like, he offers cheap, evil counterfeits to fellowship and to, and to, and to gathering together in, in his name, in Jesus's name. He offers this, this, this fellowship that gathers to, together in order to like, uh, like worship the enemy. 
worship the devil and all of his things. So he offers these cheap counterfeit gatherings, whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, taking our kids to, to the latest and the greatest, the, the amusement parks or to, to, to the lake to go swimming or, or golfing or whatever. He just offers pleasure as a cheap counterfeit to presence. Pleasure becomes a cheap counterfeit to presence. And we just get swept away in it. The spirit of this age, Baal. The second one I want to talk about is Molech. And this is a spirit of genocide. You say, how in the world has the enemy deceived the entire, an entire generation by the spirit of Molech? Molech was the god of uh, the Old Testament, and they would cause, and which is interesting about Molech is that they, he, he was the god that was the spirit of genocide of children. He would, he would cause the, the families of the time he causes families to see the blessing of God as a burden of God. And so now children are not children are not a blessing. Children are an obligation. And he sees it and, he, and then we put our children on the, we throw our children into the fire of Molech. And that's what Molech required, the sacrifice of children in the Old Testament. He was, they would they would take their children and then toss them into this to this fire as a sacrifice to Moloch. And what do we see happening in our nation today? We see a spirit of genocide of children, 60 million children being sacrificed to the God of Moloch of our time, to the, to the spirit of Moloch. There's a spirit, a seducing spirit of Baal, that's greed, that's, fall, that's caused us to fall in love with pleasure more than God's presence. There's a spirit of genocide. There's a spirit of Moloch that's created genocide, 60 million unborn children murdered. And Moloch's interesting because what Moloch does is he convinces us um, to live by our feelings. That, 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 like, I'm the most important thing, the way I feel, who I am. He creates this, 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 such, uh, such a, a deception in the hearts of people that he makes us so selfish. He creates this massive selfishness in a generation. And what do we see today but selfishness? What self, self-exaltation. It's all about me. It's all about what should be, you, everyone should be doing for me, for me, for me, for me. And, and we make every consideration in our life about ourselves. It's, it's me. It's like, how will this affect me? Forget my children. I don't care about my children. Like, like, like it's like, like we got to be fathers, not dads. Like fathers, fathers, you know, but, but what he's, he's made an entire generation of, of, of dads who, who could care less about their kids. They just do whatever makes them feel good, the spirit of Molech. And it's, it's a selfish spirit that, that worships self, this spirit of Molech. And then you say, how did he do it? He did it with a spirit of Baal. He did it with a spirit of genocide because the enemy, he, he, he's after sacred desecration. Sacred desecration. He wants to turn what God intended to be a blessing he wants to he wants to turn it into a curse so he he causes children to become an obligation he emasculates uh men and we get to that in a second and he dismantles 
the family god. He masculine. He he makes women masculine. And the last the last spirit. So there are three spirits: Baal, Melech, and Asherah. This is the last one I want to talk about. Asherah is the spirit of sexual immorality. So there's a seducing spirit of greed, a, a spirit of genocide, of selfishness, and there's lastly a spirit of Asherah, a spirit of sexual immorality. Asherah is interesting. Uh, Ishtar was her name. Uh, but she was interesting because she was the goddess of sexual Im- immorality, but also war. So the the... In 1960, there was a sexual revolution in the name of feminism. And what you'll see is the spirit of Asherah that began to sweep through the nation. And it's gained momentum year after year after year. There is this spirit of Asherah. Sexual immorality has increased. The sexualization of of women. And then now the sexualization of children. What's interesting about the, the, the goddess of, or the spirit of Asherah, the goddess of Ishtar, is that she she claimed in in poems if you go back and do some research um, she claims in poems that she is she is woman but she is also man she is trans she is both she is both she's a trans god she's the god of trans the spirit of sexual it, it, it is reported of Ishtar that she she had a false priesthood and anytime the spirits of the sage they create a false priesthood and her priesthood as she set them up she would set them up and she would make them dress like women but she would use men she would use she would use men and she'd bring them in to serve as priests for her an evil counterfeit but but she then she forced them to dress as women so you can see she is the god of, of the trans movement and then she she also was a, a, a goddess of war, and she was her physical appearance was 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 her stature was strong. She had great shoulders, and if you see images of her, you'll see that she was a warring uh, spirit. She was a warring. This is where the feminist movement comes in, and this is where the spirit of the age has seduced women into believing that that they should. They should war as a man. They should be equal to in the role of a man, and and then but but virtuously deceive them, deceive them in the name of virtue into believing that they that that the man's role is inconsequential to them. They don't need men because they are both man and woman. They could do what a man does. They could do what a woman a woman does. So he so then what she does is she, she emasculates men. She feminizes men and she she masculines women. She makes them strong she makes them warriors it's interesting in the old testament when uh deborah goes to war she warns them before she does and she's like if i go out and i defeat them i just want you to know it's going to be said that uh that a woman brought this victory because it was uncommon it 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 was an abomination it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been that way and what we see happening all over the world today is this feminist movement in the feminist movement you'd like to believe that the feminist movement hasn't moved into the church but but I got news for you. It has moved into the church. And many of the roles that are being filled in churches uh, across the nation and across the world, dare I say, is because this feminist movement has has feminized men and emasculated them. And women are, because men have become such beta roles in society, women feel 
like they must step forward and fight the fight of family uh, as a man and as a woman. So, so they take they have taken pulpits when they shouldn't have taken. They have taken roles in the church when they really shouldn't have taken it. And I believe this is what Paul was referencing when he says a, a, a woman shouldn't do these things because because the role of leadership. In the, in the nature of God, in the, in the family of God, is that the man would lead, that the man would go to war, that the man would provide, that the man would be strong. And, and what has happened? What has the spirit of this age done? He's come and he's feminized man. He's made, he's made the masculinity of man to be evil in our generation. We call it toxic masculinity. That is the spirit of Asherah in our day, deceiving the entire generation, causing their hearts to despise men, Causing women of this day to 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 rather than rather than to desire a man of strength and leadership and virtue and morality, they go after beta males who are passive, who submit, who wear dresses, who paint their fingernails, who who act and and portray feminist character feminine characteristics. This is what's happened by a spirit of Asherah. You want to know how how we got here? How Target has endorsed children's clothing that grooms them for pedophilia? It is the spirit of Asherah that has done it. It is the spirit of Molech selfishness that has done it. In, in a spirit of Moloch, one of the things I want to add to that is a spirit of Moloch is so selfish that it justifies every every bad decision, every every decision of sin. It justifies every decision of sin that we make, and it says it's justified. My sin is justified because of my experience of pain and trauma. That's a big word, trauma. Because of trauma, I'm, I'm justified to throw my children in the garbage. Because of trauma and because of my experiences in the past, I'm justified to like worship me and worship pleasure more than pr- the presence of the king. And all of it is after the dismantling of God's family of God's family, because what what is God's family supposed to reproduce but the image and likeness of God? So what does the enemy do? He creates his own family in the earth, this family of Satan by those, those three major spirits that deceive the world and lead them astray, and it dismantles the family of God. Why? Because he's after your children. Meanwhile, you're afraid to say what the Bible says in the name of kindness, but really it's cowardice. It's cowardice to, 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 to like take a back seat as our children are led to the, to the court, through the corridors of Molech and into the fire. We've taken a back seat. We've allowed the spirits of Baal, the spirits of Asher, and the spirits of Molech to consume what is sacred to turn what is sacred and to desecrate it, to dismantle the family of God. So you say, well, man, that's, that's a lot to take in, Pastor. How then does the believer in Christ recover? How do we make a difference? How do we combat this? How do we protect our peace in this world of chaos, in this world of evil? How do we protect our peace and how do we combat this evil? Number one, you must retake your authority. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, a spirit of Elijah must, must come upon you. It's said in 1 Kings 18 and 19 when Elijah confronts Ahab. And let me go back a minute because I need to talk about this because it's very important. Uh, that 
that the only way the devil knows he can gain access to influence is by kings, by kings. That's why you see, you'll read in the, in the, in the Old Testament, the book of Kings, that any time the king was good, he would dismantle and tear down the Asherah poles the high, and that was set up in the high places. Mount Carmel in, the, in this story here in 1 Kings 18, 19 was a high place. It was a high place of influence that, that was noted that, you know, if you controlled that mountain, if you controlled that high place, then you controlled everything underneath of it. And it's time once again for the church with the spirit of Elijah to invade high places, like both spiritually to invade them, tear down the high places, and physically to invade them. And it's time for us to go into boardrooms, into board meetings. It is time for us to invade courts. It's time for us to invade the Congress. It's time for us to invade the mayor's office. It's time for us to invade police departments. It is time for the church to take, to retake her authority in the earth and to stop, stop for the love of God, stop with the cowardism and the passivity that has permitted such abominations to take place. It's interesting to note that when, now, you know, it's, now he, he needs a king, a principality. He literally, and I want you to recognize that as you read your Bible, that Ahab was he was a king. He was a civic leader of his day that, that occupied the high places in alliance, in, in, in agreement with the spirits of his age to bring influence to his kingdom and not God's. He served himself and not God. And, and it's time for us to, to challenge that. And it's time for us. And I, what, what's most important there is that you see that kings are necessary. The Bible says you and I are kings. You are, I are king, and it is time for you, king, to take your high, to take your place, to take your place, to take your authority to the high place. It's time for you to get to the top of these mountains and tear down the altars of Baal and the altar of Asherah that that exists in these high places. And when Elijah confronts Ahab, he says, "You bring, you bring the four hundred fifty prophets of Baal, and you bring the four hundred prophets of Asherah, and you tell them to meet me up on it, and I, it's about to go down. There's about to be a great exorcism that takes place in this high place, and I'm kicking you out of this nation. I'm kicking you out. I'm kicking you off this mountain." He gets up there, and by, the fire of God falls, and I pray the fire of God would fall on you, and I pray the fire of God to live inside of you. And I pray that the that the the the, the false prophets of this of this world would f- would experience the fire of God in your life, and that that you would retake the authority that God's given you. We cannot exercise what we refuse to confront. It is time to confront the powers and principalities of darkness. So you got to retake your authority and begin to cast the devil. Out literally and physically, it is time to cast the devil out of our homes, of our marriages. It is time to purge them. It is time stop allowing, stop allowing false. Stop. We must not allow in our pulpits, in our churches, 
this empty philosophy to, to, to be set up as a stronghold there. We, we trust in the living word of the living God. We, we, it, it, you know, immediately when the enemy tries to come in and take control over the land, he infiltrates, he infiltrates the, the, the places where God worships and he closes them down. He infiltrates them. He sets up in the sacred place and, and it's time for us to take them back. Cast the devil out. Number two, clean the house. It's time to clean the house. Luke eleven twenty four to 26. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and he finds none. And he says, I'm going back to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and he takes with him what? Other spirits. Seven other spirits more wicked than himself that they may enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And that's what we're experiencing now. We're, ex- we're experiencing the the fact that uh, the enemy came in, found the house swept, and he's just invited all the spirits, all the legions of spirits to come with them into our nation, our churches, our homes, and in our persons, in, our, in, our, in the people. And it's time for us to clean the house once again, to cast the devil out. If he did it, if he did it in, you know, what's, what's good there, what's good to recognize there is you can cast it out. You can clean the house. By the, he gives you the authority to, to rebuke the enemy and kick him out. And it's time to rebuke. We got to go through our homes. We got to get rid of stuff. We got to go through our hearts and we got to get rid of some things. We got we to gotta see where we're worshiping Baal, where we're worshiping Asherah, where we're worshiping self, Molech. We got we to gotta purge ourselves, purge our homes, literally. Go through your home and, and find anything in there that, that creates an, an allegiance and an alliance with Asherah, Baal, or Molech, and cast it out, clean the house. In the church, in the church, there are places that have been set up that, you know, in the name of, uh, of Asherah, Baal, and Molech. We must purge our churches, cleanse the house. We must repent. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's clean the house. And then finally, let's fill the house. Now it's time to fill because empty is dangerous. I want you to know when you feel empty, you are, you are, at a, you are in a dangerous place. You will comfort yourself when you are empty in places you have no business going. You, when you are empty and you need, you need something for your soul, you must, you must be aware that that is the most dangerous place you can pee because d- empty people do dangerous things. You'll find yourself sleeping with pigs when you get empty. You'll find yourself compromising your, your moral standards when you get empty. And so we must recognize that when the house is empty, when we feel the emptiness, when there is emptiness, when there is no word in our spirits, when there is no prayer on our lips, when there is no worship with our hands, we must be come attentive. And I'm, I'm encouraging you, church and the living God, Fill your house, fill your person, fill your church with the word. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you're going to meditate on it day and night. I got nothing to give but the word of the living God that you may observe to do everything that is written in it, that you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. But what we must understand is we are we are word-governed, word-led People, we are not led by our emotions. We are not led by our circumstances. We are led by the living word of God. It is the standard of the believer and it is what leads us. Fill your 
house. Fill your home, fill your heart with God's word. I have held your word in my heart. I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You got nothing to say but what the word says. Put that word in your spirit. Number two, got to pray. Paul encourages us to pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5.17, he says to pray without ceasing. The problem is we have made prayer about 15 or 20 minutes a day, and God says that is not what I want. I want you've made my house a den of thieves. You've allowed the, the spirits of this age to occupy places that belong to me, and, and I want my house back. I want prayer in my house. My house is a house of prayer. I want prayer to be without ceasing. I want to to stay, stay on and never go off. I want you to talk to me even when you're talking to them. I want you to be engaged with me even when you're working. I want you to stay actively connected to me in your mental capacity, in your solical capacity. I want prayer to, to never cease in your life. I want constant communication. I want an open heaven over your life. He says, and the only way that happens is you must be engaged with me in constant prayer. There must not be an hour, a second, a, a, a minute of your day where you are not in fellowship with me in your spirit. I want, I want you to pray without ceasing. So prayer, just right now, repent of making prayer about a time slot. And now say, God, I'm going to pray without ceasing. I'm going to keep my fellowship with you open. And the moment the Holy Spirit brings conviction that I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to respond uh, through Un, unbroken fellowship, unbroken connection to you. I, I'm going to pray without ceasing and then worship. You got to fill your heart. You got to fill your heart, fill your home, fill your churches with the word, with prayer, and with worship. In Genesis 8 21, it says that the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. And then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of men's hearts is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. There is something about worship that causes God to, to, to breathe in our worship as a soothing aroma that, that breaks the the curse over a generation. Worship will break the curse over a family. Worship will break a curse over marriages. Worship will break a curse generationally. Worship will break a curse over a nation, over a city. Worship will break the back of the spirit of Asherah over the spirit of Baal and over the spirit of Molech. Worship, we must come and we must worship God in spirit and truth and truth it is not mean to walk in truth it is loving and kind to walk in truth and god says you cannot worship me if you don't have truth we must worship god we must return to the altars of god with worship we must live lives of worship as i close you see we've covered our apathy and cowardice with acceptance and tolerance and we must repent and it's time for us to return to the old way. I love Jeremiah 6.16. He says this. Stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old path. That's where the good way is. And when you find it, walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Rest for our souls. There's a broad way and there's a narrow path. God says we must look for it. 
older I get, the more I realize that, man, we had it good in the old days. No phones, no connection immediately to people. Just nature as it is. Old things are better. The old way is better. The new way, the progressive way, there's no progressive Christianity. There's only Christ and him crucified. He doesn't like, you're never going to tap into anything better than that. There's never, you know, we've got to fall out of love with revelation and fall back in love with Jesus. And the old way, man. Like there's only one way, and that's the old way. The way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Get back to him, church. Get back to him. It's a pleasure being with you today. I pray that you were encouraged. <laughs> I got to go. I pray you were empowered and strengthened and encouraged today. Until next time, hey, wake up every day, hustle like heaven. Make sure somebody out there feels the effects of your influence. Get to the high places, tear those poles of Asherah down. Bring heaven to your home, to your marriage, to your city, to your nation. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late. Come on, we're running out of time, man. Tick tock, tick tock. Get to a place that manufactures hope this Sunday. Go to church. Stop hanging out in places that tickle the pleasure of carnality. Get to a church, man. I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. I'll see you next time.